Hallelujah. You look like a beautiful princess today, Anna. You're so beautiful. I love you. Hallelujah. I loved those little things. Oh, what? They are amazing. That was so good. So good. Shaba. Beautiful. What are they called? They're amazing, 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 amazing. Hallelujah. Are you gathering some questions? Excellent, excellent. Um, you know, when I say the gift grows by reason of use, I, act, I really do mean it. The more you use it, the more it will flow. And even if it feels a little bit difficult at the start, that's why we do these activations, bang, 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 that we've been doing for the last two nights. Um, because the more you practice it, the more you exercise it, the more it just flows. It's like priming a pump. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And, and I loved what Sarah said, you know, that um, the prophetic ministry is a very generous ministry. It means giving. It means giving. And, it's, you know, people might think, oh, you, you know, you're a prophet. It's easy for you to prophesy. It's not comfortable. I don't, you know, prophesy because it's natural to prophesy. I prophesy, every time I prophesy, I'm giving. And it takes an act of my will to give. And so it's a choice. It's always a choice whether to love, whether to give. And, and so um, I was speaking with Cindy Jacobs one day and said, you know, I'd heard some teaching from uh, another very well-respected prophet who was saying, you know, we shouldn't be doing too much prophetic ministry, I mean, personal prophetic ministry, because it keeps people in, in immaturity. And, you know, they... they and I, so I was processing it, and it was well argued. But, you know, the book of Proverbs says, one argument sounds right until you hear the other side. So it's, that's why community is so important, so that you can process things and hear the other side. That's why it's so good to eat together, to talk together, to ask questions. Because otherwise, if you just, there's so many gifted teachers, and they might have 90% right, but if you don't process the 10% that you're a little confused about, you just swallow it, uh, you, you can easily come into deception. But if you would process it and talk about it and hear the other side, hear another perspective, hear another argument, you can then uh, weigh more carefully. Hallelujah. Um, but I think it's, it's very important that we, um, that we learn how to do that and that we, we process things carefully. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, so it's, it's vital that we learn how to, um, how to keep things in perspective. Praise the Lord. Um, and I think it's really, it's really good for us to learn how to process the prophetic, to, to talk with... Um, people and friends about what we're hearing and even if you're hearing things privately which you should be all the time um, steward it you don't cast your pearls before swine just don't go and tell everybody I remember when the Lord started talking to me about the fact I was going to be in ministry and healing the sick and preaching the gospel I told some friends and I remember one of them looking at me going wow I never saw that about you <laughs> and I was like <laughs> and um, so, so be careful. Be careful who you share things with, but don't ever buy the lie that you can't tell anybody. Because as soon as you do that, he who isolates himself seeks his own. It's an unhealthy, unwise thing. There are always people who will love you and listen. And even if they don't understand that there, there will be others um, around that do, and God will use people. You know, he gives leaders grace to be able to help us. Hallelujah. And, and so love selflessly and, um, and release your expectations of people, you know, because often people have such a high expectation of their leaders that their leaders should be like this, they should be like this, they should want to do that, they should da 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 da. And, um, you know, be, be careful that you don't make them feel uh, that you don't, in your mind, uh, cause them to have a debt to you where you feel like they owe you 
something. Just release release your expectations and love people and uh, and then God will freely be able to help you and grace you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, I I'm just going to we're just going through a few um few more little protocols and things because uh, just trying to, in a very short amount of time, equip us uh, to really be effectively prophesying. I wanted to touch on um, corporate words, giving words in a corporate setting, whether it be a home group or a church setting. Um, That's, you know, there's something that has caused a lot of problems in a lot of churches where people have gotten up and they have rebuked the church or they've declared that the church needs a new name or, it, you know, they've, they've usurped authority from the leader and they've just come in. And the, sometimes the leaders have gone, well, it's a prophetic word from the Lord. We've got to be obedient. And they've not understood how to respond to the prophetic, that the spirit of the uh, prophet is subject to the prophet, hallelujah, doesn't, if you say, I have to release this word, I have no choice, then you are under the wrong spirit. Because the uh, the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. You, being prophetic does not mean that you suddenly don't have the fruit of self-control. So, Self-control is a big, big one. Wisdom. And if you've got a prophetic word that absolutely seems to be opposite to what the Spirit of God is saying and doing at the time, maybe sit on it and don't give it and, and talk to your leaders about it. But be sensitive because all the time we're wanting to add, we're wanting to bless. What is, how is this going to add? How is this going to encourage? How is this going to edify? It's really important that you're aware that you're not... You're not this, you know, um, Tasmanian devil that just comes in, you know, like the old um, cartoon and just makes a mess, but that you're, that you're sensitively adding to what's going on. Amen? Um, and, and keeping the, the flow. And also, if, if leaders are brave enough to open the, the microphone to some prophetic words, and the Bible talks about that two or three prophesy and the others weigh and judge it. Amen. Um, and words do need to be weighed. They do need to be judged. Just because someone has a record of being good doesn't mean every word they give will be right. Um, but uh, when you, if you're given the, the microphone, don't take 10 or 20 minutes to bring your word because you have not been invited to preach that morning. If you're being given the microphone, be aware that you are you are, uh, are there with a message to deliver, delivered as succinctly and as honor in, in an honoring way. It shouldn't take very long at all, you know, not, not even really more than a minute. Don't, don't get up and assume you can have five minutes to bring your prophetic word. And don't make everybody get up and do a prophetic act um, because you're not the leader. So uh, I would suggest, I mean, you can bring things in a very gentle, honoring way, submitted and humble, and, and it's beautiful then. But so if you get up and give a word, give the word and, and move on. Uh, don't drop a bomb and move on, but, but do it in a way that is, is going to be biblical, honoring, honoring of the leaders, loving to the people with a hard attitude of I'm part of the team and we're all together and we're all on the same side. Amen? Amen. I, I get to do the tough stuff, um, but it's because I love you. Hallelujah. Um, and, and so then you can have two or three prophesying, but if it, if it means that you, if you think I'm so gifted, I'm going to come in and, and give my 20-minute word and two or three are going to prophesy, you know, that's tough. Or if you just really like the sound of your own voice and you want to get up and prophesy every single time um, without invitation, there are some in my church, I want them to prophesy all the time because it's always so great and they're their heart attitude is always so humble and they're not seeking a platform, but it's so worthwhile. But, um, and, and don't also conversely get a, um, get a um, false humility attitude of, oh, you know, I don't want, don't be worried about what people are thinking. If God does get you up really regularly 
and the, the leaders are loving it and encouraging it, don't go into false humility saying, well, you know, people won't want to hear from me all the time. Um, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm just suggesting that we learn to walk in team and humility and beauty, hallelujah, with honour, remembering um, that in a corporate setting there is a, a, a limited amount of time that people can, you know, have their children in one place. And, um, and we want to be honouring of that time. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm telling you this because if you do get up and you deliver a judgment word or take 25 minutes to berate the church, you won't get another go. And so that would be not wise for you. Hallelujah. Amen, Catherine. Hallelujah. I encourage myself. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we let two or three prophesy and others weigh it. If you get up and give a prophetic word and it's not good, be okay with being corrected. So if the, um, if the leaders have, have to come to you afterwards and say, you know what, that really didn't sit well with us or, you know, I didn't like the way that you delivered that, don't go, well, that was the word of the Lord, brother, deal with it. Um, humble yourself and receive it. And go, how would, you, how would you suggest I do it better next time? And apologize if you've caused offense. I'm sure none of you will. I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. So you all understand love. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, um, the revelatory gifts. Who can tell me what the revelatory gifts are? Mm-hmm. Word of prophecy. Hallelujah. That's what we're talking about. Um, and they're all very much alike. And so I mentioned that a, a good, mature prophetic word is often made up of a word of knowledge, word of prophecy, word of wisdom, um, and has Jesus the answer in the middle of it. Amen. And we just keep looking until we have released hope. And then, you know, you don't have to keep going. You can just do what you feel released to do and that's that's powerful um but everything we do is motivated by oh you're such good students hallelujah and jesus is the hallelujah you're awesome you've learned so much um (laughs) but we're motivated by compassion i remember once teaching on the word of knowledge in uh in ohio actually and i said who here has never given a word of knowledge and so one lady, I mean, one lady bravely put up her hand. And, oh, I said, who here has never given a word of knowledge and would like to give their first word of knowledge? And so one lady volunteered. And I said, great, come on up. And she's like, oh, okay. And um, I said, okay, uh, let's just pray. And who do you feel to pray for? And she said, well, I don't have anything for them, but I've just got a real burden for this lady over here. And she said, I don't have anything for her. I've just got this compassion for her, and I feel to pray in tongues. So I said, okay, well, just let's get her out and, and see what the Lord does. So she just began to pray in the Spirit. And then she began to weep. And she began just with compassion. She, she, she began to spontaneously pray, Lord, stop the bleeding. Lord, stop the bleeding. And then the woman she was praying for started crying. And then so I asked, so what's, what's going on? And the lady who was being prayed for said, I haven't told anybody, but I've been so scared because I've been bleeding from the breast and I've been terrified about it. And so we prayed for healing and she was instantly healed. Hallelujah. And this was this lady's first word of knowledge, which I thought was so beautiful. But it demonstrates to me um, the power of compassion. Have you ever worked, walked past somebody in a shop and just felt overwhelming compassion for them? Oh, I hear you. I hear you. You're like, oh. <laughs> did you just feel that? <laughs> okay, so I've got a few feelers in the room. <sighs> um, that is an invitation. And with the invitation always comes the grace to do something about it. 
You can have absolute confidence that if you are moved with compassion, that you also have the grace to bring Jesus the answer into the situation. Whether it be through a prophetic word or a gift of healing, always. You are as he is in this world. Jesus was moved with compassion. You are well taught in this place. He was moved with compassion and he was moved to action. We mustn't, mustn't ignore those invitations because when we do, we are hardening our heart to the voice of the Spirit. But if we learn to move with compassion, we enter into the divine invitations and you can have full confidence. Even if you feel like you've got nothing for them, you can know without doubt God has got something to give through you for them because he does not give you his compassion for somebody without giving you what he needs to give you to manifest himself as the answer through you. That's very comforting, very encouraging. You can hang your faith on that. That's cruel. That would be cruel if you went, like, feel that, ha, powerless person. (laughs) He never, ever does that to us. Hallelujah. Because he loves us as much as he loves them. Hallelujah. So be encouraged. Um, and the other uh, a beautiful um, point I just want to bring up too is in Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Would someone like to read that for me? Maybe from the NIV. Who's got the NIV? Anybody? Nearly inspired version. Hallelujah. <laughs> that was naughty. Sorry, God. <laughs> I like all different Bible versions, mostly all different Bible versions, and, <laughs> and we need to look at them all, but it's particularly good in the NIV. Hallelujah. Mark ten twenty one. Who's got it? Go. Big voice. Oh, isn't that gorgeous? <sighs> Every time I hear that verse, my heart trembles. <laughs> See here, it's Mark ten twenty one. So Jesus is encountering the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler is saying, what do I need to do? And Jesus says, well, keep all the commandments. What he was saying was, I want to show you. First, he says, good teacher. He says, why are you calling me good? Only God's good. He's basically trying to help him see. See who you're talking to? Do you know who you're talking to? You're talking to me. I'm God. Uh, Secret being revealed in a mystery. So firstly, he's trying to provoke him to revelation. And then he says, keep all the commandments. Um, Knowing that nobody, nobody had been able to keep all of the commandments. That's why they needed the one who was good, the, the saviour. So he was trying to point him to his need for him. But this guy says, I've kept all of those since I was a boy. And you know what? Instead of Jesus going, yeah, right, whatever, so fool yourself, he didn't say that at all. He didn't look at him and go, you are so deceived. I don't even want to talk to you. Like, here, let me name all your sins and show you where you didn't keep them all. His response to him, to this man who was deceived with his own self-righteousness, he looked at him and he loved him. (laughs) We come to God full of our self-righteousness or deception and we look at him and he looks at us and he goes... And he undoes us with with his love. Hallelujah. This is how we need to approach everybody we minister to. When you are ministering prophetically or in healing or in any of the gifts of the Spirit, don't be more focused on delivering the gift than you are on looking at the person and loving them. You can prophesy with your eyes. Oh, you so can prophesy with your eyes. A shiny one. (laughs) Anna West, oh my goodness. She can prophesy to a whole room just with your presence. It's true though. Walk in and... Is this not true? Have you experienced it? 
It's true. It's true. You can look at, you could bring the most profound, accurate word, and if you're looking at them with judgment and disdain, all it will do is hurt their heart. But if you look at someone and love them, Anyway, praise the Lord. So where does this love come from? We love because he first loved us. To the level that we're receiving love is the level that we can give it away. Amen? Praise the Lord. God is so good. Rejoice. Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Please be happy, prophets. Be happy, prophets. I know that Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. I know that there were lots of sad prophets. But in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Don't be so full of your sadness that, and, and then minister out of that place. Because if you're in a depressed, sad, heavy state, your words are going to flow through the filter of that like Sarah said, keep your filter clean. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. If your soul is downcast within you, tell your soul, rejoice. Why are you downcast within me? Hope in God. Let me preach you the truth. You're dead. Jesus is alive. You're alive. You're glorious. You're beautiful. You're pure. You're holy. You have a hope for the future. With a long life, he'll satisfy you and show you his salvation. You are anointed to do great works. Hallelujah. Greater works than he did. You're going to do that. He looks at you and loves you and that you're pure. You're holy. You're altogether lovely. You need to tell your soul all the time. Hallelujah. It's this conversation I have with myself regularly. Hallelujah. Because if you're not happy, if you're not at rejoicing, then you aren't representing God well. When the priests were called to give the blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you, number six, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. They were not allowed to deliver that word if they were in mourning. Because God wanted, when they were to bless the people, he wanted the priest to represent how he felt. And God was happy. God was full of love, full of joy. So we must steward our hearts to live in the place of joy. Peace that passes understanding. We've got to be a people who learn how to live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's whether things are going well or whether they're not. Don't give me the excuse, I'm a sensitive person, you know. Yes, so am I, but I need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, not sensitive to my circumstances. And I need to line my heart up, my soul up. I'm a steward of my soul. I need to tell my soul to come into line with the truth so that I live out of a place of righteousness, peace, and joy. It's never okay, not in my weakest moment, for someone to encounter me and not encounter Jesus. I can't afford it because I'm here. My goal, my life purpose is to manifest Christ. So never, ever, 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 ever am I allowed to have a me moment. And just having a me day. Yuck. Run away. Don't have me days. Me days are just dumb. You're dead. Jesus is alive. In your worst days, your greatest opportunity to manifest the beauty of Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm tough, aren't I? But I love you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord again. Always. That's always. He means it. Always. Doesn't mean you're not allowed to be sad, but when you're sad, go and let him kiss you and cuddle you and wipe away your tears and minister to your soul and restore your soul. Hallelujah. He does. He does. I cry a lot, but I go in my room and I cry by myself and I lean into his arms and I let him comfort me because he's always got comfort for me. Hallelujah. And I come out more loved, with more to be able to give, with the comfort I receive from the Holy Spirit, I can comfort others. Amen?
That's a scripture. It's in Colossians. Hallelujah. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Are you known as someone that is gentle and kind? Don't adopt a persona that's rough and tough and mean. No, Jesus is gentle. He's gentle. Let your, this is not just for women. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Gentle, gentle. To be gentlemen, men. Gentle women. Gentle, gentle, kind, manifesting the love of Christ. doesn't mean that we walk, I mean, that we, we let the enemy walk over us or that we're not walking in power and authority and knowing who we are, but we need to let our gentleness be known through our prophetic words. Amen? Hallelujah. But in, uh, be anxious for nothing. Nothing. If it's on the top of your mind, your anxiety's on the top of your mind, it's going to come out of your mouth. So... Deal with it with God. Deal with it with God. If you're really worried about finances, ah, inevitably it's going to come out of your mouth and could be used manipulatively. So deal with it with God. Go give it to God. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So important as the, as the prophetic that we live in, move out of this place. Amen. Uh, we want to be um, careful that we, we learn how to prophesy in such a way that it, it really builds and edifies and ministers to people. But we also need to learn how to respond to different um, questions that the uh, to, to different triggers that the Lord's releasing. Um, so we did a few activations about this the other night. But um, I remember once going. I was just learning to prophesy, and um, so I had this. We were in a, a meeting and. Um, they said, just pray for the person next to you, ask the Lord for a word. So we did that, and I asked the Lord for a word for the person beside me, and I got this vision, and it was awesome, and I told them the vision. And then another more mature prophet came into the uh, tent where we were, and he said, what are we doing? And I said, well, we're prophesying over the person next to us. So he prophesied over the same lady I'd prophesied over. Only he said exactly the same thing I said, not having heard me, but with so much more information. And I went, I stopped him afterwards. I said, you prophesied the same thing as me, but you had all this other information. How did you get that other information? And he looked at me and he said, um, well, I asked. I went, that's awesome. What a good idea. Because I realized I'm like getting so excited over the first vision that I'm like, I saw a vision <laughs> without actually stopping to ask for more, more information. Uh, and you can ask for more, ask for rain in the time of rain. That means when it's raining, ask for more rain. So when you're getting prophetic, ask for more, ask for more information. You know, the reason that you get more is because you ask for more. Now, I don't necessarily ask with my mouth, but I'm asking with an expectation, looking with an expectation to see, asking the Holy Spirit for more information. Um, you know, in some circles, like in uh, CI training, I'm not CI trained, but uh, in CI training, Christian International training under Bill Hammond, who really, they were really pioneering a rebirthing of the um, personal prophetic ministry. They would talk about asking about all different areas like family, finance, health, all of these different areas you can ask. So I'm not quite wired that way to be that systematic. I'm more spontaneous. But, um, but that's a good sort of principle to be able to ask these different questions if you want to do that. Um, ask and you'll see, you know, but ask the Holy Spirit. Don't just look. We're not reading people's souls. We're asking the Holy Spirit what he wants to say. So we're not, um, we're not um, busy bodies in the prophetic. 
we're looking and asking, we're not looking into them to find out what about them. We're looking into the Holy Spirit asking, what do you want to show me? That's much more polite. Hallelujah. So, um, so we can ask, ask the Holy Spirit, because remember, we're servants of God. We're not psychics. Hallelujah. And we're looking to him. So we also want to um, be letting the, the word of God dwell in us richly, learning the word of God. And I love uh, the way the Holy Spirit will often bring to my remembrance prophetic, a scripture that lines up and backs up what I'm saying. So I might get a vision and then I'm looking and asking the Lord to uh, give me a scripture to back that up because the word of the Lord will not return to him void. It will accomplish that which it's sent forth to do. And it, the word of the Lord is such a powerful thing. It helps seal and it helps encourage and also helps everybody feel safe knowing that there's scripture that they can base and uh, anchor what they're saying on. So the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance those things uh, that he's taught us. So you could uh, prophesy and then you get a... Um, uh, then you'll get a, a word, scripture to back it up. And then you might ask for some more, look for something else, and, uh, and then ask for the word to anchor it, which is really powerful. So I, I look for what I call hooks in the spirit. So I'm just going to give you a little example. Who would like to be my guinea pig? Come on, Sam. Shaba. Sakalabasa. You're so beautiful. I love your necklace. So beautiful. Papa. I, I, um, when I'm prophesying, I'll often touch them. When I go to minister healing, I often don't until I'm ready to release the healing because I'm looking for a point of contact. But when I'm prophesying, I often do because I want them to feel love and one of my love languages is physical touch. So it's my way of expressing love. Hallelujah. <laughs> But um, so we're just going to pray for, for Sam. Papa, thank you for Sam. Oh, Papa, she's so beautiful. I just let myself begin to feel the love of God that God has for her before I start to prophesy because I don't want to just prophesy out of the gift. I want to prophesy out of love. Hallelujah. Oh, shalasa. So I look at her and I love her. Oh, God, you love her so much. Oh, and as soon as I started looking at Sam, I, I saw um, a vision of, of things radiating off her face, but it was tangible. Often when I see a vision, I start to describe what I see, uh, and that's a good way just to, to remain faithful to the revelation that you're getting so you actually describe what you're seeing. So I'm seeing it radiating off her face, and the moment I, I, I looked and saw that, the Holy Spirit gave me a scripture and said, this radiating... Uh, thing it was it's tangible but it's it's an aroma and that the Lord says that you are the aroma of Christ to those who are perishing but as soon as I said that scripture the Holy Spirit began to quicken to me that there is such a grace on your life for evangelism but it's coming forth in a beauty and a creativity and the reason I can say that is because I'm still looking at the vision and it's beautiful it's like rainbow colored coming off her face and it's beautiful and it's creative uh, but but it's it's powerful it's coming forth uh, and and as I'm looking at that, as soon as I said face, the Lord triggered another scripture about the favor of his face and that the Lord delights in you. you he speaks to you face to face, that he's the glory and the lifter of your head. And as soon as I said lifter, I could feel a weight. I could feel an invitation on that word lift. And so I'm just looking there and I'm seeing the Lord just lift up her face. But as I'm doing that, all of a sudden I get another vision, a picture of you standing in the council of God. And the Lord is speaking to you face to face. And as he's speaking to you, I'm just seeing, it's like you're breathing it in and you're coming into sync with the Lord. But I see him. I see, and I'm just describing the vision now. I see it, it resonating big things on the inside of you. And I'm seeing her heart start to resonate with the things of God. Uh, and, and there's that scripture, you know, you stand in the counsel of God and that he reveals his secrets to his friends, the prophets. And the Lord says that he's been revealing secrets to you. And as I said the word secrets, suddenly the, the Lord brought to my um, 
brought to my mind that the words of knowledge and I heard it actually as words in my head the Lord said words of knowledge and so that I hear the Lord just I'll prophesy into that hear the Lord saying that he's he's going to be, be releasing a new level of words of knowledge I can say that because I'm hearing the word secrets echoing in my head as I'm saying the words knowledge that it's going to be new levels where you're going to reveal the secrets of men's heart that's because the Holy Spirit is reminding me of the scripture the secrets of men's heart and I see actually other people being just so impacted I see a a picture of a man just being so impacted uh, by the secrets of his heart being revealed that he gets on his knees and and calls out to God and and the Lord says that this gift of words of knowledge is going to be coupled with that prophetic uh, evangelism that is put on your heart that aroma of Christ and it's going to be used powerfully uh, to reveal Christ to people and the Lord would have you press in because I'm looking now for the application what do you want her to do with this and I'm asking questions what do you want her to do with this words of knowledge and and the lost and I I'm hearing the the Lord say I want you to press into this and uh, press in and practice because I can feel the words on my mouth now you press in and 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 practice this because he says I'm going to show you things to come now I wasn't even thinking those words they just came out of my mouth at that point because now I'm entering into the spirit of prophecy that you're going to whoa you feel that <laughs> that's the spirit of prophecy just came in the room right there ah, you're going to prophesy things to come and oh shaba <laughs> And I'm hearing a song go through my head. We speak to nations. And the Lord says, Shoka, Sam, yes, you're going to speak to nations. Prophesy, 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 prophesy with power. Papa, we thank you for it. Just release that anointing. Prophesy in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Hooray. I'm trying to let you into my world that goes very, very fast. But did that make any sort of sense to you, how it sort of goes? Um, and, and as I went deeper, it's like then the spirit of prophecy came and then it's just coming out of my mouth. I'm not actually looking and seeing, it's just coming. And, uh, so that, and then you felt, you felt that as soon as that came, didn't you? That spirit of prophecy. Yeah, very fun. But the more you look, the more you go, the deeper you go, the richer it gets. Um, I think of it like this, and this is really graphic, so I hope it doesn't offend you. But, you know, when mothers are feeding, there's the foremilk and the hindmilk. And the foremilk is to satisfy the baby's thirst. It's very watery. And the hindmilk is very creamy. And the, and the, the longer the baby feeds, the, the richer the milk gets. And it's the same with the prophetic. The first part will, might just satisfy the thirst, but if you keep looking, it starts to get rich. Hallelujah. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It's a really graphic thing, but <laughs> it's how I see it. It's true. It's true. Mums understand, right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So is that making sense up to now? Shabba. Hey, I wanted to also just, I'm just giving you a smorgasbord today as I'm thinking of these different points, knowing we've only got, trying to condense three months into two days. Um, Don't always feel like you need to prophesy mega words. It's so annoying when somebody's prophesying, everybody's going to be having stadiums and, you know, everybody's going to be doing all of the things. Because it's not fair. If it's not what God wants for them, they're always going to feel inadequate. They're going to have in the back of their mind, someone prophesied I'm supposed to be doing this, when actually, you know, I really feel to be sitting in the, in the bush with the indigenous. And, and, and it's nothing less. It's nothing less. In heaven, it's probably greater. But be careful that you don't just prophesy what you'd like to hear. Don't prophesy out of your soul. Prophesy out of the spirit. And don't prophesy to impress. Don't prophesy to impress. Um, so, so that's, I, I noticed that a bit in immature prophets. They start 
in the spirit and they end in the flesh. And they start in the spirit and then they're like, and they just add all the color to it, which wasn't actually coming from heaven. So don't do that because it doesn't help people. In fact, it can cause a big problem. So prophesy what you're hearing, what you're seeing. Hallelujah. And I spout. I, I spoke about nations because that's what the Holy Spirit was saying to Sam, and that's, I can do that, hallelujah. But um, people who have a, a greater experience and a greater platform, uh, um, I, I stand in the office of prophet, and as, as such, I, I carry an authority to, to prophesy things that others are not um, given the authority to do. So, for example, um, we talked about not mates, dates, and babies, all of that sort of stuff. Um, not a good idea at the beginning when you're learning to prophesy because you could really confuse somebody. But as you've really learnt and grown and matured and um, God's raised your level of authority um, and you're not recognised just by yourself but you're recognised by others, hallelujah, that's a really good thing. Um, then you can start to move into other areas, but it has to be done with great wisdom. And remember, if you're wrong, you need to apologize. But I do prophesy babies um, when the Holy Spirit tells me to, and people get pregnant on the spot, and it's exciting. Well, not on the spot, but <laughs> I, we just had a couple come from Texas, and they came forward. They were infertile, tried for seven years, completely infertile. And I actually did, I prophesied, it's done. And within four weeks, she was pregnant. Hallelujah. Um, and they came over to show me the baby, which was so lovely. And so, the, so there is, it's, they're not hard and fast rules. They're simply guidelines for people's protection. Hallelujah. Uh, but don't secretly pull someone into a corner and say, look, I just seeing, you know, that the Lord says that you go to China for the rest of your life. Um, do if you've got a word like that, take it to their pastor first, and let let it be processed um, because they have pastoral care for those people's soul, and it's a good thing. Directional words need to be weighed, and if someone gives you a directional word that you're not so sure about, don't feel you have to act on it because you are God's sheep and you can hear His voice for yourself, and a directional word will be confirmed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, well, what to do with prophetic words? I just wanted to mention that a bit more. A true word from God will often test you before it fulfills you. Not always, but often. Uh, you think about Joseph, um, Psalm 105, verse 19. It says here, um, until the time that the word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. He was given this word, you know, that his brothers and his father would bow down to him. And then he just went and blabbed it. <laughs> Don't cast your pearls before swine. Cause you a lot of trouble. Um, but until um, the word of the Lord came to pass, it tested him. There's some, sometimes God will give the word of life just before the enemy tries to bring a word of death. You might get a word about something and then run into a terrible situation, but God's given the word so that you can get through the situation with hope, knowing what's to come. Hallelujah. Psalm 105, verse 19. Until the time that the word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And so often a word will test you. You might be given a word about healing and then suddenly you're struck with sickness. doesn't mean that the word was long, wrong, but the enemy is trying to steal it. He's trying to test it. And that's when you can hold on to the word of the Lord and, uh, and, and know, well, this is going to come to pass. Hallelujah. So it's a good thing to write it down and... Um, and to take those things and wage war with them. Amen? That's where you can really wage war with the word. You might be called, 
you know, to um, heal the sick, raise the dead, and then you get a disappointing situation. Uh, the, the word of the Lord is testing you. And, you know, the enemy, could, it's not God testing you, but, but the enemy is coming and, and trying to steal that, like trying to steal away the seed that's been sown. But instead, that's where you've got to cooperate with the word, recognize it's an invitation and say, no, this is what the Lord says. Breathe life, speak life to that uh, word and expect it to come to pass. Amen. And, and if you don't quit, you win. A lot of people have aborted prophetic destiny over their lives because they've given up too soon. So if you don't quit, you win. Don't go, well, I had that prophetic dream. I had that desire in my heart, but, you know, I've just let the dream die. Well, that's not good. You need to resurrect it. And you need to speak life to it and say, no, the word of the Lord will not return to him void. This is what you've said. If it's something that someone else has prophesied, it may not be right for you. But if it's something that you know in your heart that the Lord has put there, then you need to wage war with it. Amen? Amen. Are you still awake? Do you need chocolate? Hallelujah. Wakey, wakey. Shaka Mahsanda. You know, Will you believe God when you're feeling passed over, rejected, and misunderstood? The Lord spoke to me about having this prophetic ministry, and then I would be—I was in this church uh, and in the, in the music team, and they'd get these other people up to prophesy, and, and I'd be sitting there going, "I could do that. I could do," that. and nobody ever asked me. And you know what? God was testing my heart. Well, I shouldn't say God was testing my heart. God was allowing my heart, I believe. I believe he was allowing that deliberately to help me grow in my character, to learn that, hey, it's not about me having to give a word. Learning how to deal with rejection, I believe, is a big part of growing in the prophetic. I do believe that we go through process and that that process is often a gift and, and an opportunity for us to dig our heels in and go, I'm, gonna no, I'm not going to quit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to persevere in hope. I'm going to keep my love on, as Danny Silk would say. And, and I'm going to persevere. Perseverance produces character and character hope. You start to dis- discover, yes. Yes, there's grace on me for this. There's, I've got grace not to be offended in this situation. This is awesome. Hallelujah. I'm feeling overlooked. You can celebrate, but you can sow the pain at the same time going, thank you, Lord, for every time I'm being overlooked, you're going to promote me. It's going to be good. Hallelujah. I'm so excited for this. Amen. Hooray. Don't just deal with it going, I am a persecuted prophet. Nobody understands me. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you'll keep yourself in that space for far too long. And you don't want to be there for any longer than you have to be. Hallelujah. Let's be faithful with a little. And God will bless us with the much. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, look what happened with Joseph after he persevered when he was um, overlooked treated badly, sold as a slave, was really faithful and was thrown into prison. It's like, wow, they often call the pit prophet in training. (laughs) Because prophets being graced with such supernatural power really need to be poured from wineskin to wineskin so that they learn to develop and mature. So that when they stand before kings, they don't stand full of themselves, but they stand full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, It says in Genesis chapter 41, verse 15, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've dreamed a dream and there's no one who can interpret it. And I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream and interpret it. The reason he'd heard about this is because Joseph had been faithful in the prison to interpret the dream of the butler and the baker. And then three years later, I think it was, the butler, I mean the baker, whoever it was, the butler, had um, finally remembered this guy that had prophesied. And instead of Joseph coming in going, I'm going to throttle you when you say something earlier, 
Um, he was just full of love, full of the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, Joseph answered Pharaoh and says, it's not in me. God, not I, will give Pharaoh a favorable answer of, pre of peace. Through all that he went through, he had learned that it wasn't about him and his super giftedness. It was about the fact that every time I look to God for something, when God gives me an opportunity, he also gives me what's needed. And I have absolute confidence that God will give what's needed now that I'm being brought before you and have been given this opportunity by God. Hallelujah. God, you've given this opportunity, so I have absolute confidence you'll do it. So God will give you the answer. Before he even had the answer, he said, I, God's going to give you the answer. But it's not in me, so don't think I'm the one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So um, we also talked about, um, you know, waging war with the prophetic word. But we, there's also times um, when we need to act on a prophetic word. Sometimes, you know, if, if the Lord's given you a, a prophecy, say that you're going to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, you need to act on that and start laying hands on the sick. Um, there's other words... You're, you're going to stand before multitudes. Don't be like going to people and saying, here, quick, can you organize multitudes because I need to be standing before them. <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> there is, um, there's times and there's seasons and there's wisdom. There's certain words that need to be acted on. There's certain words that need to be prayed and agreed and you need to talk to, to the Lord about uh, and you need to have the wisdom to discern the difference. Hallelujah. But if you're called to go and be a missionary uh, to Thailand and, and, and raise up um, orphanages, and the pastor says, we really need some help in the children's church, don't go, no, I am called to the mission field to raise up orphanages. Um, go, this is an opportunity for me, hallelujah, to do what I'm called to do, and that is to minister to children. Um, and then when the Holy Spirit says go, you can go, having been even better equipped. Amen? Don't, don't say, I'm called to preach the gospel. And then there's a, a, a request from, you know, Pastor Ruth comes to you and says, would you mind just having a word with this person? They're really um, distressed. No, I'm called to pastor a huge church. If you're not, if you're not um, willing to be able to pastor the one, um, then you're, you're not going to get the whole church. So you need to learn how to steward and be faithful with the little so that God can bless you with much. Hallelujah. But you do need to learn to act on the prophetic words. Uh, that you're given in the right way, in the right time. Faith without works is dead. Uh, so if you believe the prophecies, then you need to act on them. Hallelujah. And so I'm, I'm so, I, I don't, I don't um, take it lightly. I steward the words. If God gives me a word, I, that's why I record it. That's why I replay it to myself. That's why we talk about it. We get all the prophetic words that have been given over us as a church. We speak about them as elders. We pray about uh, with the core team. We, we pray about those words. We write them out. We put them on the website. We, we've got them in front of our eyes so that when something comes up, we go, yes, that lines up with all three words there. Bang, this is God. Let's go. Hallelujah. Uh, so, but don't also just be so passive about a word that you just put it there and wait and see what happens. Okay? God likes initiative. Remember Elisha? Um, when he received the mantle? You're going to get a double portion. Yay! And the mantle comes on him. So he doesn't go, oh, good. I hope something happens with this. Immediately he activates what he's got. He picks up the mantle, he goes, where's the Lord God of Elijah? He immediately acts on it in faith going, now, right, this is what happens with Elijah, so this is what's going to happen with me. And he strikes the water and the water parts. God's waiting for us also to be actively activating what he gives us. If there's an anointing, if... Um, you know, Sam just got that word about standing in the council of God. If she doesn't activate that and go and spend time standing in the council of God face to face with him, then she's not going to see the fulfillment of that word. 
So we need to activate it. Amen? Prophecy is invitation, not inevitability. Remember that. And invitations need a response. But God also likes initiative as well. You know, if you don't say, I can't move until I get a prophetic word. I said that. I used to say, when I was first called to ministry, I'm like, I need a prophetic word. I need to have a prophetic word because I'm a woman and it's like exceptional circumstances. And, you know, seriously, God, you're speaking to me all these big things. I'm seeing fireballs go out over crowds. I'm having these encounters at home on the floor, groanings and seeing all this stuff. And I was seeing words written in front of me with open visions and Hebrew words and encounters. And and so I knew what God was doing and wanting to do, but I said to him, I have to have a prophetic word, otherwise I'm going to put this all down to my imagination. So God spoke to my husband very nicely. Firstly, I said, you've got to talk to my husband. So that's the first thing. And so then my husband says one day, I love my husband, um, but he says to me randomly, I think you'd make a good preacher. I was like, yes. That's awesome. That's what I was after. But I said, that's not enough, God. I need a prophetic word. It needs to come from the front. You know, seriously, God, because this is a big word and I need your confirmation. And then I backed it up with scripture. You led the Israelites with a cloud of, uh, by day and a pillar of fire by night. It's only fair that you give a prophetic word. When Jesus came to the world, you know, it was confirmed and confirmed and confirmed with all these prophetic words. So come on, Lord, I'm expecting this prophetic word. And I thought that was fair. Uh, especially because I was a woman and I needed extra help in my mind because I hardly knew any prophetic, I hardly knew any women ministers. And we hardly had any prophetic in the church I was in. And so we had this prophetic minister come for a conference and I was like, yes, this is it, God. Three-day conference. You have to pick me out. If you want me to do this, you're going to have to pick me out. So I went along first night. Come on, where's my word? And he picked this one and this one and this one. And he didn't pick me. And I was so upset. I'm like, God, what about going to the nations and healing the sick? God. So I came back the next night. It was actually the last night by that. I came back there last night. I'm like, God, if you don't give me a word tonight, I am going to um, I'm gonna go give this all up. The first night I'd gone forward on the altar after the ministry was finished hoping that maybe he had just forgotten and asked for a word. (laughs) And so he just looked at me and he goes, trust God, sister. I was like, and the rest, you know, he didn't look far enough. Keep looking, you know. I didn't say that, but that's how I felt. Like, whatever, trust God, sister. And... um, Very unimpressed, you know. And then he prophesied to the next person about their three kids and all these words of knowledge. I'm like. So the final night I came, I did a deal with God. I said, if you don't pick me out tonight, I'm not going to do this. Because I'm not going to be able to believe that it's you. So you're just going to have to do it. If you want to do it, come on. Talk to me. Don't do that. It's just dumb. But I did that, and he picked all these different people, and he didn't pick me. And so I went out on the altar for prayer, (laughs) and he came to me, and he says, trust God, sister, and moves on. And I burst into tears. I was so upset. I'm like, oh, God, why have you forsaken me? And I was sobbing my heart out, sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And so my friends felt sorry for me. So they went and got his assistant who was traveling with him to have another go. <laughs> so the assistant comes and he sees this sobbing mess of a woman. And he, he says, oh, I feel like um, the Lord wants you, your husband to take you on a holiday. And I burst into more tears. <laughs> and he goes, yes, like a good long holiday. <laughs> and I cried some more and more and more and more. And I went home and I was so upset. And I threw myself on the bed and I threw open my Bible and I said, speak to me, God. <laughs> Happily, it didn't open at Lamentations. <sighs> Or one of the prophets. But um, 
So don't do that either. Not smart. But God was kind and merciful to this um, woman. And I opened up at the book of Luke. And the book of Luke, it it said right there, it was the story of Simeon. And it says there, And the Lord had revealed to Simeon's heart, no, the Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon's heart that he would see the Messiah before he died. And then moved by the Holy Spirit, he was led into the temple courts and he gave thanks to God. And all of a sudden, the Lord just grabbed my heart through that word and it was so, my heart was just pierced. I I was pierced with conviction and I went, I am so sorry, God. I've said, you've revealed this to my heart, Holy Spirit, and I've said it's not enough. I am so sorry, God. And I just repented. And I got down by my bed and I said out loud, and I was embarrassed by myself in front of the Holy Spirit with no one else in the room. I was still embarrassed to say it, but I said out loud, I believe you have called me to preach the gospel and go to the nations and heal the sick. And if nobody ever prophesies it, I believe it because I believe in you, Holy Spirit. And, you know, after that, maybe quite a few years after that, people started picking me out of crowds randomly and saying, the Lord says you're going to go to the nations and heal the sick. And I'd be like, yep, I know. But if God had given me what I wanted that day, every time I had to make a big decision, I would have pulled the same tantrum and I would have put my ability to follow the voice of God into the hands of other people's obedience. I would have limited my capacity to be able to be moved by the Spirit. And I would have put people between me and God as though they had, I had to have some other priest stand and hear for me. The prophetic is not um, your path to God. They're not the ones. Don't come and ask me if, if, if I feel like you should sell your refrigerator. I don't know. People ask me these questions like as if, no, ask God, you know, <laughs> or just make your own decision. Um, <laughs> he's, given you with grace, he's given you wisdom. But we don't, we, I love the prophetic, but we don't look to prophets to be our source of direction. People come and they say, I need direction. I'm like, so do I. But let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. I'm happy to love people and to give a prophetic word, but I am not their guide. God is. The Holy Spirit's our guide. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I've got lots more to say. I wish I could spend many, many days with you because you're so lovely and so hungry. Um, I wanted to make um, one, one more just random point. Um, for our sensitive prophetic people, we've got a few really sensitive ones. Like, you're super sensitive, you sense everything. It's just me. Anybody? Wave your hand like you're really super, super sensitive. Yes? <laughs> yes. Um, let me tell you a, a strange story to help you feel better about yourselves. Um, so... I, when I started traveling, I have to sleep in different hotel rooms. And um, so I'd go into hotel rooms and intercessors had told me, you know, anoint the doors and stuff and pray uh, spirits out of the room. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm not really into the whole intercessory weirdness was my attitude. You know, like, great, that's great for you, but no. Um, and so I didn't do any of that. I'd just go in and I'd go to sleep. And I'd have these random dreams and like that had made no sense to me at all, had nothing to do with me. Or, or I'd, and I'd be like, what on earth? Until finally I figured it out. Ah, oh, there's things in this room that are still here that I'm picking up on. I'm sleeping on the same pillow as, you know, and I'm, I'm actually 
engaging with what they are doing and thinking about when they were here beforehand. I know it sounds weird, but that's the reality of it. And um, so I learned, you know, when the Bible says, when you go into a house, let your peace come upon it, that it's actually literal. You're supposed to do that. So when I walk into a room, I deliberately release the peace, the authority that I carry into that room. And I just simply say, every spirit that's not of you has to go. I release the peace of God in this room. Hallelujah. Then I sleep really well. Otherwise, I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing everything and dreaming about what the other people are thinking or doing or if they had an argument with their spouse. I'm dreaming about these random people I don't even know having an argument or like... It just became so common and so regular and so weird that I realized, I think the intercessors are onto something. (laughs) So I was a bit arrogant and young and thought I knew everything. Um, I don't know very much at all is what I'm starting to figure out. And, you know, I used to hear people say the older you get, the more you realize you don't know. It's actually true. It's true. So humble yourself and figure out that you maybe don't know everything. Um, But I would encourage you, uh, particularly if you're sensitive prophetic, (laughs) be obedient to that command. Let your peace come upon the place. Much Much more sensible, much more wise. And then you can maintain clear space. Amen? The others of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, don't even worry about it. Mark, Daniel, boom, amen. Come and join us. That's just God closing all the doors to all the other <laughs> distractions. We're going to have a little bit of a Q&A. Um, has that been helpful, that random sort of scattergun thing? Good, excellent, hallelujah. We might need another couple of stools. There's one there.